chance right, to do the bump. Do the bump, do the bump, do the bump. Damn. Watch me do the bump, do the bump. Justin, you're getting better and better. Thank you. Hey, listen. It's uh, all practice in front of the mirror. In it's the, the leg space he has now. <laughs> Dude, when the balls are free, lets I ball, let it free. Let's his balls you know breathe. Uh, in this episode upcoming, you're going to hear us talk to uh, an awesome guest. and we Kyle talk, Kingsbury. We talk a little bit about uh, intermittent fasting. Uh, we're big proponents of it. Well, check this out. If you fast properly, very good for you. Burn body fat, uh, increased insulin sensitivity, good for your brain. If you do it wrong... Not good. You can do it wrong. Uh, fasting isn't just not eating. There is a proper way to do it. We have a fasting guide that we put together that highlights six ways you can fast that we find to be beneficial for athletic performance and fat loss. We highlight them in our fasting guide available at mindpumpmedia.com. It's only 27 bucks. That's it. For $27. Super important, though, that you know this. And we always talk about this. Even though we're all huge fans of fasting and the importance of it and learning how to do it correctly, we also think it's really important that you just learn balance first. If you're somebody who is just gone from one diet to the next diet and you're just looking for balance and quality exactly is learning how to choose the right foods and what food groups that you should be eating from this this is what the nutrition survival guide is and you can actually get a bundle with the two of them together at a discounted rate for 57 dollars too so if you're somebody who is looking for overall nutrition guidance too not just fasting i highly recommend that you do that at least First, if you don't if you don't do both of them together in the the bundle, there you go. So you can find both those at uh, mindpumpmedia.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go: Mind Pump. Mind Pump with your hosts Sal DeStefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. What's up, Mind Pump listeners? You're about to hear Mind Pump uh, interviewing a pretty badass fucking dude kyle smart badass fascinating guy kyle kingsbury he's an ex uh ufc fighter but believe it or not that's not the most interesting thing about this guy uh he's extremely intelligent we talked about brain hacking we talked about psychedelics we talked about Mm. fitness nutrition this dude knows his shit he's right up along uh, he's on the same you know path that we are in terms of knowledge seeker oh huge knowledge seeker he's going to be hosting uh, a podcast um hopefully within the next couple months and just from talking to him, it's probably going to be a pretty badass podcast. Anyhow, yeah. you can find him on Instagram, and we suggest you check him out on Instagram at Kingsboo. That's K-I-N-G-S-B-U. Uh, he's also connected to a company called Brain FM, which you can find at uh, Brain.fm. Um, and this is uh, it's a it's a product I believe that plays frequencies in your headphones that can uh enhance cognition can bring relaxation on a whole other level than the than the, the binary beats yeah the binary it? beats i know a lot of totally people different. are f- familiar with but it's like this is like on a whole other level mm-hmm. uh as far as where they're at with the science it's it sounds extremely fascinating i can't wait to actually yeah, i'd we, like to learn more about that we uh sure. inter- we actually uh invited uh the ceos down so hopefully we'll get a chance we'll be to able to talk the, to yeah, them get them on the show and get more details and this is actually who is uh setting up the pot he's partnered with them for this podcast that he's launching in somewhere between December and January. He's going to be launching this podcast, Brain FM Podcast. Yeah. is going to be the title of it. Now, there's an app for the Brain FM uh, stuff that you can actually get right now um, if, you have a, if you have an Apple phone um, and it's available uh, at the, IT, uh, the Apple Store or whatever. And mm-hmm. I guess you can download it. We haven't tried it yet, but uh, I'm excited to try. But I, I tell you what, guys, I was not anticipating that interview to be that fucking awesome. I didn't see it going in that direction yeah. for sure. Yeah, that was a really nice treat. 
So without any further ado, uh, here's uh, Kyle talking to Mind Pump. You guys notice how Adam's microphone keeps going flaccid? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's the irony. You know, because you're, you're playing with it all the time. But, so it goes flaccid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should be the opposite. That's what happens, that happens when, you, yeah, when you fondle my shit, it goes flaccid, let me tell you. <laughs> that hurts you my feelings. You need a new partner. Yeah. That really partner. hurts my feelings. I don't know. I mean, how did I? I mean, normally I have my, my fucking chair. How do I get signed up to sit next to you? I don't because know. Let's he, hope we don't get a blackout you again. You guys are the friendliest. Well, yeah, I can't true. sit next to you guys. I'm sure glad we don't do. We don't allow... Uh, Eggs and and fucking broccoli and fish in here anymore. Oh thank, yeah, thank God. It's yeah. Nice. Nobody's it's all healthy. Cracking stuff. open cans of sardines in here. Oh, this guy. Real, real Exactly yeah. what he does. My dude. wife will kick me out every time. Really? Like, eat that fucking outside. <laughs> yeah. Go actually go eat it by the outside trash can so you can just dump it right in immediately after. Right. Yeah. I'm like, uh, we used to be. So you identify with Sal. The old studio mm-hmm. was. I get it. Was all what right. 500 square feet, Doug? Something like that. 500. 350. 350 square feet. So basically, it was a fucking bathroom that we were recording in, right? Yeah. And this guy would come in here with that. It's just like, God, bro, you you can't get away oh, from that. You can't escape it. Yeah, you like, can't. No, dude, it's not it's at like all. Farting right in our face. So when we yeah, when we uh, we <laughs> signed the deal but, here, but but you look at my oh, look at that skin, smooth. <laughs> my pelt is nice and soft. I mean, I can't deny that. You got to eat that stuff, man, if you want to yeah. be healthy. Yeah, and no one can deny the benefits. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. About. Dude, I, I got to ask you about your fanny pack. I haven't seen those in a long time. Are they making a comeback? You know, I'm not sure. I think they're making a comeback among <laughs> among, a, among a small community, but it's a small community of elites. So, uh, so I mean, I McConaughey see. just endorsed it last year at a baseball game. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. You know, we wow. we got we got the guy running the Lincoln commercials. I think we're I doing see. all right, dude. This is a fucking trend. We need to dr- jump on it. And well, I'll tell you why. Because that shit. I don't care what it looks like. It's the most useful thing ever for a man. It ever. Is hands it looks down, like you have a bunch down. of stuff. In I was there. just. Gonna, we got to get oh, into this it. thing's packed to the brim. I want to know. It's, there's a lot of shit in that backpack. Yes, we're gonna. I've done this before. Okay, yeah, I want to know what's in this thing. She's got a, a wad of ones from uh, uh, last night. That's what <laughs> just, just, just in case you stop by a strip club on your way yeah. out of here, huh? Yeah. That <laughs> is useful. I got about as many receipts as, as George Costanza's wallet. Yeah. And, a, and uh, a side flow reference. Bro, I love you already. Yeah, we got a, yeah. a pen, highlighter. Let's see. Let's get <laughs> of course, in here. Of course. He's got a pen, highlighter. He's got to do an cans audit. of snooze. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A little cell phone wallet, chapstick. Then I got another little charger here. Little Mophie pack. See, you know. Wow. See, look cord. at that. Oh, that is handy. Yeah. Do, you know how, do you know how many times? I'm gonna tell you. Honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. Do you know how many times during the day I think to myself, "I need a pen." God damn it, I don't have a pen. Yeah. I need a fucking extra charger. I don't have it. Yeah. That thing is brilliant. Well, <laughs> it's the go-to. It's I, the go-to. I feel like if you're if you're Kyle size and and you have ears like he has, you can get you away can with rock this. anything. You can do whatever yeah. the fuck you want, yeah. and no one's gonna say shit to you. I, I saw a picture of you wearing like a pink shirt for weigh-ins. Like, oh yeah, I, I loved you right away because of that you remind yeah. me of my friend. Yeah. Well, it cracks. One of the things that cracks me up in in life as men is this idea of that you have to act a certain way to be a man yes you know what i'm saying and so it always cracked me up like people listening i'm i listen to death metal when i work out with jesse burdick because that's what he puts on and i'm used to that from training at asu our old coach would the o-line get to pick music one day death metal the d-line get to pick music the next day rap music Mm. so i was used to that but for me like that's never something i put on when i'm just hanging out i'm like <laughs> you know, so, but it, it always cracked me up because a lot of guys will walk out to that kind of shit. And it's like, I don't need to be pumped up as I walk to the cage. The second that door shuts, I'm fucking going, right? right? Yeah, My yeah. heart rate, I'm trying to get that down, not get it up. Yeah, that so that's sense. why it always come out to like 80s pop and, yeah. you know, just <laughs> just heartfelt songs that it's, make me feel good right, inside. Bring you, you back to threw everybody off with that. Yeah, put, uh, me, put a little smile on my face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I walked out, uh, I fought in King of the Cage. 
and I was walking out. It was in Lac de Flambeau, Wisconsin. And I walk out in my ASU warmups, and the second I pulled them off, I had bright pink Muay Thai shorts on. Yeah. And immediately the cheers went to, beat that faggot. Like, they were so mad. They were, they were infuriated, like right off the bat, just because I had pink shorts on. Oh, I love it, man. Dude, the, we would for sure be best yeah, friends. Yeah, seriously, already. though. That was half of like, that was like my style growing up was I would try and be so opposite of everybody else. Just yeah. so, I mean, and I feel like there, there's something to be said about that. I tell these guys all the time. It's it, confidence, man. It is. It, you know, it's not what you wear. It's how you fucking wear it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's that's what it's about when you when you and when you when you do shit like that, that's different than everybody else. Like, yes, that's how you you, you build character. That's how you make a statement like you don't look like a fall. Those are my people, dude, my friend. So he used to wear a uh, uh, like a like a like a um, what do they call it? fur jacket like to class and he'd wear like a pink thong. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what kind of classes thong, were you guys? So his pink yeah. thong is like hanging out of his pants, you know, and he just like bent over. The whale tail. It's hilarious though. That's you know, it. he just did it for the shock value. Oh, that's taking yeah. it. What's he level. do now? What does he do now? He's like a youth pastor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. Yeah, he's on the stage and, yeah. and you know, giving the sermon with a pink Hulk Hogan boa. Exactly. I don't think he wants to admit any of this, you know. So uh, Kyle's connected to one of our good buddies, Justin Brink, who uh, we, is a mutual friend of all of ours. But I wanted to ask you, was was that how you how did you first come across Mind Pump? Kind of tell me that that story when you first started listening to us and everything, because I know you've listened for a while. Yeah, Brink, Brink actually was telling me like, hey, man, these guys are coming up. They just started a podcast. It's one of the top 10 fitness podcast you got to listen to these guys it's it's a great show and i started listening i was like well, first thing i noticed was holy shit when i put you guys in my feed you have daily podcasts the only other guy that i know that does that is joe rogan so it's really hard for me to keep up with daily but everyone that i've listened to i've loved and one of the things that i absolutely loved i was just talking to brink about it today was the concept of neutral spine it yeah, fucking cracked yes. me up i was like god thank god somebody else is getting shit for this <laughs> but um it reminded me of uh, Coach Sumner when he went on uh, Gymnastics Bodies, when he went on uh, Tim Ferriss, and he was talking about the Jefferson Curl. Yeah. And the yes. way he explained it, I was like, oh, fuck, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And it, when I'm on the mat in jiu-jitsu, there is not a single damn position I'm in neutral spine ever. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm on my back with my legs up, I'm not in neutral spine. There's no position where that happens. You get your ass kicked if you're in neutral spine. Yeah, man. There's no position where that happens. So it's, it just makes sense that we would articulate our backs, go through full range of motion, and then have some type of stressor involved. It doesn't mean you have to do it ballistically. But uh, when I was listening to that podcast and I realized you guys were getting shit for this in a stable fucking plank. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so intense. Yeah, it's yeah. so intense. Like oh, high intensity, dynamic, explosive, ballistic. No. Yeah. Come on, dude. Dude, I got ripped. Oh, I, I got if, ripped for that. I don't know if you I don't know if you're connected to us on, on social media or not, but Sal I mean that was it was the most viral thing he had done. It's it's got what over yeah, six, like sixty five or something thousand? Yeah, like sixty five thousand yeah. views. And there, I think there was like what four hundred comments or something, just ridiculous. Yeah. And half of them is academia. Just and these and this is I fucking we hate these guys, dude. I swear to God, we hate these guys. <laughs> it's because they 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 just wait. They wait till they can find something they feel they can put their two cents in, right? Yeah, the and I know more than you thing, yeah, right? It's they, like no, no, no. Yeah, I'm the fucking man. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you what I learned in school. <laughs> exactly, mm -hmm, dude. Right? And this is one of the, this is probably one of the things. That, this is how this is how childish we are. This is how we get our entertainment. We're like, because you know. You know <laughs> well, I was I was hoping for yeah, that. It was, yeah, yeah, we yeah. were totally setting the bait right away. It was just like you know, we know when we put this out here, we're going to cause a bunch of shit, and then we're we're just going to fucking mushroom stamp all these idiots that get on there and try and talk shit <laughs> about fucking a pl a plank being so stressful on your spine in the in the flex. Adam's go to move get mushroom stamping. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's it. Everybody needs that yeah, smash. So do you you still train quite a bit then? Yeah, yeah, I do uh, powerlifting 
once a week up with Jesse Burdick, we do heavy legs. It goes back and forth between squat day and, and deadlift day, but it always changes, you know. Nice. Yesterday we did sumo from a deficit. The week before we had Cambridge Bar, SpongeBob, Square Box squats, he called it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we do Bluetooth squats, which is hands free, obviously with a safety bar, not with a regular barbell. But um, it's just, it's awesome because we're training the same muscle groups, but it's never the same workout. Mm-hmm. You know, reps and sets will change, but the bars will change. I mean, he has more equipment in there than I would ever purchase, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's a, it's a treat to get to. And then also, I mean, he's just such a phenomenal coach. You know, when I was playing football at ASU, I was really fortunate to have two phenomenal coaches. I had a uh, coach house, Joe Ken, who would later go on to become the head strength coach of the Carolina Panthers. Mm. He got strength coach of the year last year, Mark Uyama, Uy, he's out a uh, head strength coach of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So when the Panthers came to play last season in the Super Bowl, they came into town, all of us met to do deadlifting at uh, at Burdick's place at CSA oh, with nice. the Powerwad crew. So it was the first time I got to lift with my old strength coaches in like a decade. Oh, that's cool. And the thing that really drove home how awesome Jesse is, is both my old strength coaches, who are head strength coaches in the NFL, were picking his brain the entire time. Oh, you're oh, kidding me. And legit. I was like, fuck, dude. I knew he was good. But man, you know what I'm saying? Like that really sold it for me, like how how awesome he is and how talented he is. He fixed my squat. He did a ton of things, you know, and, I, and I'm – it's one thing to build strength, but just like you guys were talking about, it's another thing to add mobility mm-hmm. and to be able to move properly and get it all at the same time. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because uh, obviously, you know, being a pro MMA fighter and having all that experience, you still you still train jiu-jitsu, you still, you know, on the mats. Do you what kind of carryover do you see from that kind of training to, you know, grappling or fighting or just that functional component because I know when people apply strength training but they do it improperly it tends to take away from their ability to move and their technique what did you notice yeah well i've you know i had trained at um at a different place that was a little bit more into functional mm-hmm. and i get the air quotes going on that functional strength so you know like one-legged one-legged BOSU on the bosu exactly one-legged bosu okay. and different shit like that and here's the thing for connective tissue and balance that yeah it's going to help a little bit but I read Easy Strength by uh, Pavel Tatsulin and Dan John after I'd finished fighting. And I was like, fuck me. Why didn't I have this when I was still fighting? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, really what your focus is as an athlete, strength is just the general physical preparedness. Mm-hmm. The specifics are the fucking sport, right? So if God I need damn, to balance stuff, hands. if I need to balance, if I need to work on hand speed, if I need to work on those things, it's going to be done in my sport. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no sense in trying to accomplish that with the weights. I don't need to do battle ropes to burn my arms out. Because I'm going to be wrestling and fucking hitting mitts with my boxing exactly. coach and still doing jujitsu. You know what I'm getting at? Yep. So you really, you can't stretch your, in MMA, and you see this all the time, guys are stretched so thin. You've got a coach in every department saying this, we got to work this, we got to work that. Mm-hmm. And then you game plan for your opponent and then jujitsu becomes the focus or, you know, this guy sucks on the ground and I'm already good on the ground. So we're going to focus on striking and takedowns, whatever the case may be. Your plan is is specific to that. So the things that you need from strength have to apply to all areas. And that's when it comes down to what are the basics of human movement? Mm. And how does and is that going to apply to everything else that I do? Fuck yeah. You give somebody a good deadlift, they're going to jump higher, they're going to run faster, and they're going to be more explosive because that hinge is natural in any sport. Mm-hmm. So the transfer's there. You know, and I feel now I don't I don't strike anymore because I uh as I told Rogan, if I if I sharpen that blade. I want to test it. I want to spar. <laughs> and the more I spar, the more I'll want to fight again. But um, doing jujitsu, you know, I don't get hit in the face, which is lovely. And uh, <laughs> the strength on the mat is just, it's its incredible. You know, I roll with guys that are way better than me. We tr- we train with uh, 
Team Checkmat and a lot of world champions are with that team. And what's cool about it is a lot of them are bigger guys. Marcus Buchecha, Joao Assis, he's a 218 champ. Holy shit. So, I mean, these guys are, these you are know. some of the best in the world. They're some of the best in the world, and they're big guys. So when I get to roll with them, I learn from them. But, I mean, they crush me in an instant. But all of them are like, dude, you're really strong. You know, and I'm like, hey, man, these are the things that I'm doing. Mm. It's not rocket science. And the beauty of the book in, in Easy Strength is that you can get a lot stronger with really low volume. As long as you're still picking up something heavy and moving heavy weight, you don't need to be so sore that you're broken down. Mm-hmm. No, mean, that's a huge I message that. that we try to hammer home on a consistent basis. Exactly. It's one of the uh, the driving factors for the programs that we design for people. But I think what people need to realize, especially uh, p- a- athletes or people who are in sports, you need to realize that all of these things that you use in your training are tools, okay? Uh, resistance training or weights is a tool and that tool is very, very good at one thing, and that's getting you stronger. Can you use that tool to do other things like get, get lots of endurance or get lots of flexibility? You can, but you're using a hammer to screw in a screw at that point. You want to use the tools that are you know, for those specific things that you're looking for and use them for those things because you're going to get the most out of them. And weights make you strong. And so you should use them in that in that sense. And I think a lot of people mess up because they don't do that. They don't understand that. They think, oh, I want, I need more endurance. Therefore, you know, I'm a cyclist. So I'm just going to do weights for endurance. And I'm going to do all these circuits and all this. And what you're saying is so true. Look, if you want that endurance on your bike, go ride your bike. If you're going to lift weights, weights makes you strong, then you should use it for strength. And if you do it that way, you get the best results. Your body heals. You train different forms of adaptation, and you just do you just well, do much better. Kyle has to be one of the few athletes that we've talked to. So I've got to ask you then. We just had this on Q and A maybe a couple days ago, where somebody asked us uh, what we thought about uh, the trainers, the training programs in professional sports. Mm. I remember that question. Oh, mm-hmm. you do. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I would love, and and I have a little bit of you know relationships with pros and some of that. So and I've heard them, but I l- would love to hear you kind of in your perspective, considering Definitely. that you get it. Like, I mean, it's rare to find someone I feel like to like you who really understands that. How much of a disconnect is there with? Well, the there, trainers there's such the- a large disconnect, but and it is individual sports. You know, everything's a case by case basis, but it comes down to two things: one, what's being taught by the coach, and two, who's buying in, right? Because Ui is the head strength coach of the 49ers, and I think you guys mentioned a 49er who had who had hired his best friend to be his trainer. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? If you buy you in, do remember that episode? Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you buy, maybe it was just struck me as like, oh yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I, 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 could, I could see that happening, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, Dear yeah. Lord, is that the fucking biggest mistake that guy's ever made? You right? heard his bodybuilder seriously. Friend. <laughs> God, man, seriously, off. yeah. It's but you know what? I mean, in anything you do, you got to buy in. Otherwise, you don't stick to it. It doesn't matter if it's a diet or a training protocol or a new type of meditation. If you don't buy into it and you don't feel how it works, you know that's one thing I love about Wim Hof is feeling is believing. Right. If you feel different from it and you feel the benefit, you're going to fucking believe it. That takes all the skepticism out of it because you understand how it works and how it benefits you. You know, but but that said, yeah, MMA is no different. We have even at AKA alone, there's several different guys working with several different trainers. There is no one in-house strength coach that we work with. No one in-house dietitian. I know they have a, a nutritionist that's working with a few of the guys, Luke Rockhold, DC, and, and Kane, and they're getting good results with them. And guy knows his stuff, but that's not a guy who trains the entire team on on how to eat and do food prep and all that, you know. So really, it is individualized. And if you look across the board, I got buddies that train uh, at Power MMA and Fitness, Ryan Bader, those guys. 
they all got their own individual guys. Yeah. You know? do, do you know uh, Robbie uh, Alisma? Elise Alisma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, okay. I was wondering if you connected to him also. Real smart guy, too. And we've talked. He's a, a really good close friend of Katrina's. Uh, and uh, him and I have sat down and talked. And I know he's really close to Kane and he's part of the. AK. Yeah. Yeah. He had trained, I think, with, uh, I forget the guy's name. It's slipping my mind right now, but the coach who coached Adam Archuleta before he went into the NFL. And, you know, I, I had followed Adam because he played at Arizona State and was one of the greatest guys there. And Adam's story, obviously, he came in as a 145-pound twerp, and he left uh, ripped 210. But as he was getting bigger, he was getting so much faster and so much more wow. explosive and more endurance. Like, he didn't lose a step anywhere in gaining that size. And that's proof in the pudding that what he was doing that's impressive. was working, right? Because it's very easy to take a guy and say, hey, we're going to have you eat this much food, and we're going to train like a bodybuilder. And the next thing you know, you're gassed after the first quarter. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very, very true. Let me ask you this. Uh, what are the main differences between your training now versus when you're doing MMA? You, you've got the uh, – your strength training is much different. How were you applying it before? Well, we would, we had done – I mean, certain, it, it was really a camp-by-camp camp basis. Some camps I would do you know, heavyweight training, deadlifts, bench press, those kind of things. And then other camps I would be like, no, man, I need more endurance. Mm. And I'd throw that shit out of the window. And that's something that, that – it's not a regret, but it's an observation where I realized – you got to stick to whatever got you there, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always stronger than, than most people at 205 with maybe exception of Stefan Bonner. But, um, you know, anybody I fought, I always had a strength advantage. So I don't, you shouldn't take your foot off the gas in that respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then try to focus elsewhere and then you lose that advantage. It doesn't mean that that's your, your main focus and I'm spending eight hours in the gym lifting weights and only 30 minutes hitting mat mitts and doing things sports specific. It just means that those are certain things that I should have kept all the way up until the fight. Interesting. Mm. So Stefan Bonner's real strong. Stefan Bonner's a beast, but you wouldn't uh, I, you wouldn't know it by looking at them. No, I mean, he looks he, like a he kind does. of a big guy, but he doesn't look. He, yeah. Right. Well, the thing is, too, he's he, when I fought him, I was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu and he was a high level black belt. Yeah. He'd been a black belt for years. So, you know, the nuances of where you place your hands, how you move your hips, sure. all of those all those little things, you know, where your grips are, they make a huge difference. So I'm sure that added to it. But yeah, I've never felt and I credit him immensely for making me fall in love with jujitsu because once you get big brothered and just absolutely smothered by another mm. man <laughs> in your hometown, it was right here at the Shark Tank. And then everyone watching on TV, you know, it was that was my first fight on the main card too. So, you know, there was a lot of viewers on the pay-per-view. Yeah, that that was, that was it was uh, humbling to say the least. Now, mm. diet wise, any changes in diet now that you're more into the fitness, you know, world? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've kept doing my research. I love reading and continuing the education and uh, started learning about the ketogenic diet and really enjoyed uh, everything they were talking about. So I tinkered around with that. I played with it for a couple of years on and off and absolutely love it. I'm not in ketosis right now, but, um, I feel like that was a really big help for me. We have a, a one and a half year old son now and the first six months, anybody with a kid knows <laughs> you don't sleep at all None. Yeah. at all. And if, even if you're getting up every two hours and you're able to crash again, just breaking that sleep cycle each night, completely fucks you up like yeah. i felt like a zombie and it was so hard I mean, my wife wasn't drinking coffee because she was breastfeeding so rather than scale back to my normal 32 ounces i would make the whole pot still <laughs> and i would work through that whole pot throughout the day and still end up going and getting some concentrated coffee or nitros or whatever mm-hmm. just to make sure that i could stay awake and um the ketogenic diet really helped with that you know there was something i think uh dr dominic diagostino was talking about how 
they don't, they're not sure of the mechanisms, but the benefits to the brain are such that even if on your, you know, less sleep, it's not going to impact you as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, what's interesting to me about it is the, the types of people that are starting to um, embrace it. Uh, at first, it was obviously there were medical reasons for it, and that's how the ketogenic diet was kind of, you know, uh, utilized. Then uh, the strangest things. Um, you had athletes now, ex- uh, extreme endurance athletes were the first ones to start to use it. Hearing fighters say that they're utilizing it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't think that works too well for, for explosive athletes. <laughs> yeah, not for explosiveness, but for the endurance, I think. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say for inflammation. And then the other thing is this whole, like, it's nootropic effects. I'm hearing all these people talk about using it because they like the cognitive effects, which is kind of weird. Like, it makes you feel sharper, which yeah. is what you're commenting on. 100%. And there was also times, you know, like, I look, I can't kid myself. I've had this eye, you know, my left orbital blown out twice left eyebrow fractured my jaw's been broken in two places anytime someone's hit me in the head hard enough to break bones it's going to take its toll Mm -hmm. so really there's been a lot of focus on how can i heal the brain what are the things that i can do to boost my cognitive function and i'm I'm into nootropics as well Mm. but um yeah the ketogenic diet it felt like my brain was working for the first time like and i could retain all the information from the books i was reading i had a goal i think in 2010 at new year's to read one book a month And, you know, I was able to start doing that just to get more information in. And then I don't even keep track anymore. It's not on the goals list because I'll fly through multiple books in a month and I'm able to to recall everything that I read from it. And even being out of ketosis now, I'll still hack ketosis with MCTs and different things to really make sure that I get some level of ketones in the morning. Well, I feel like you sound kind of like me when I first went through it is that it it just changed my relationship with food. Like before, before I ever went ketogenic. I was a low fat guy, carbs, 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 carbs. And I never, I never had gone the complete opposite like that, where it was super high fat and just the way you feel. So I too don't run, I'm not in a ketogenic diet, you know, a hundred percent of the time, but I kind of float in and out of it. And I've never gone back to eating carbs like the way, I mean, I was a four to 600 gram a carb day every single day, you know, and if I was doing anything like training really hard, I would go up even higher than that or getting ready for a show. I was pushing sometimes 800 grams. So, I mean, that's a ton of carbohydrates and I've never felt so good by eliminating that down to like a hundred to 200 grams. And then the rest is just filled with fat. And I've never eaten Mm. fat like that. and feel so good. Well, you you just said something real interesting, Kyle, about, um, doing it to, for the brain protective effects and having, you know, Obviously, you were in a sport that was uh, very, you know, lots of trauma to the head. Uh, before that, you played football, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're making it a point to, th- you know, look at things that are neuroprotective. Ketogenic diet, you just talked about that. Anything else that you're, you're well, learning? Well, yeah. Um, we know oxygen heals all things, right? So right when I started learning about Wim Hof, I was like, man, this I've been doing meditation and I've had different forms of breath work. But when you actually do five rounds of, you know, 30 to 40 deep inhalations, halfway out, all the way in, halfway out, and you do the retention period, like I feel ignited inside. I can feel every part of my body functioning. I can think crystal clear. Um, So I'm not familiar. I don't know. You guys are familiar with Wim Hof? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so tell me about that. So for the listeners that haven't heard him, check him out on Rogan. I think he's episode 712, Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Ferriss's interview. He's been on a number of podcasts, Rich Roll as well. He's like superhuman. Yeah, they call him the Iceman. He's got over 22 world records. Is that the guy that we run barefoot like in Siberia or something? Yeah. yeah, I've seen a documentary on him. Yeah, he's a bad, bad dude. But um, 
his thing is that I'm not special. It's the technique, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to WimHoffMethod.com. I have no affiliation, but uh, I did the course. It was 200 bucks. It's a 10-week online course. And he basically gives you baby steps, starting with cold showers until you can get and start doing ice baths. And, you know, I've been able to work my way up to 10 to 15 minutes in uh, 40 degrees, you know, and that's nothing compared to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy set the world record with it. Um, but doing ice therapy and things like that is shown to have cognitive and any type of temperature change. You know, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's always talking about this. Infrared saunas are really hot, 220 degree plus. Heat shock proteins are developed. All these things are great for helping heal the brain. And especially, you know, you go the opposite direction, the same benefits are there with the cold. Mm-hmm. And he was really into that. But he, really, the thing that I use the most is the breath work. You know, when I drive to, to uh, the PowerWad crew on Tuesdays, it's a 40-minute drive each direction. So I'm just huffing along the way. I won't do, uh, you know, quite as long a retention period where I hold my breath because I don't want to peel off the road and die. <laughs> but, uh, but it's an easy way to get me into that mindset of hyper-oxygenating the body. And then when I go to work out, I just top myself off in between sets. You know, I'll finish a hard set and then start taking these big breaths. And then I'm really ready to go before the next set. And there's so many qualities in that that are meditative. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're focused on your breath, you're not thinking about other shit. You're You're in the moment. Yeah, you're not thinking about anything else. You're completely present. And, uh, you know, so the physiological benefits, the wellness, the hyperoxygenation, the healing for the brain, all these things are present. Immune system goes up. They did a study. Uh, one of my favorite studies, because he, you know, he said, I'm not the guy to invent this. It's been around for thousands of years, but I'm the first guy to bring this to science. Mm-hmm. And so I forget, I think he was in uh, the Netherlands in a, in a university and they injected him with E. coli. And 1,000 out of 1,000 people who had been injected with E. coli previous to him all got sick. They got a hardcore fever, you know, bad sweats, pale as a ghost within minutes. They checked him, no results, nothing. A so thousand out of a thousand. Got, he was the first guy. Wow. Not sick at wow. all. And then again, he said, look, it's not me. I can bring you students of mine and have them run the same test and they'll pass it. Yeah. So the next trial they did was with 12 people trained under his method and 12 untrained. 12 for 12 untrained, all got sick. 12 for 12 trained, no sickness whatsoever. Get the fuck out of wow. here. Wow. So what, what, wow. what the implications are that you can't, you have way more, we all have way more control over our bodies than we give ourselves credit mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. Then science gives ourselves credit for, right? The, the, uh, the auto- autonomic, atomic, not atomic, autonomic, I think. autonomic yeah. nervous system, right? That's the, that's the one that just happens automatically. We have zero control over it. Our immune system falls into there, those types of things. And he's saying, bullshit. Mm. We, we definitely have control over that, but we have to be mindful and we have to practice and we have to work on our breath work. And by doing those things, we can reconnect to a deeper part of ourselves that's previously unachievable. Well, I mean, they've had, this has been well-documented. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll take these monks who obviously dedicate their life to meditation and stuff. They'll put them in snow and these guys will meditate and generate body heat enough to melt snow kind of around their body. Or they'll put, you know, wet towels on their body and they'll dry the towels with their body heat. And they're doing this through meditation. They're learning how to control some of these things. But I'd never heard of that method before. That's absolutely fascinating. Do you find your body adapting to it in the sense where it starts off very difficult at first where you feel mm. like you're out of breath. Like and then lightheaded. You, yeah, and like what, what's that process feel like? Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to start doing this in the car, you know, but once you have a good feel for it, you can do it there. I mean, just if, wherever you would meditate, you know, lying down or sitting, you know, in half lotus, lotus, whatever you want to do, just get, get in a comfortable position and then start with those breaths. And 
you know, Wim will tell you, like, if you feel tingling sensation in your fingers, if you start to see lights with your eyes closed, chase that, chase that. Don't back away from it. Don't be afraid of that. Cause that's what you're going for. It's not hyperventilation. It's hyper oxygenation. Okay. You know, these aren't short, you know, panic attack breaths. These are really deep all the way in full expansion of the diaphragm, mm. then the chest second, and then only halfway out. You know, he says all the way in, letting go. All the way in, letting go. And that's all it is. As you do that through rounds, you can go 30 breaths, you can go 40, you can go 50, you can go even further than that. And then you have your retention period where you hold, take a deep breath in, push it all the way up so you feel that pressure building your brain, sending blood and oxygen and nutrients up there. Then you start the next round. Well, you That's know, rad. it's like full range of motion for your lungs. You guys remember when we asked uh, Ben Greenfield of all the th- crazy things that he does? You know, he's a major biohacker. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. him or yeah, not. Yeah, listen to his podcast. Okay, so, you know, we asked him of all the things that you biohack and do, what what would you, you know, say has made the biggest difference? And he talks about his cold plunges. I mean, that the training that um, – he said has made the biggest difference that he feels out of all the other things that he's done. So I've actually incorporated the freezing cold showers now in the morning and stuff. And it's, it's tough sometimes when I'm tired, and I don't want to be woken up like that, but oh, it makes your dick go inside your body. Well, <laughs> you just, I mean, that's what I tell my wife anyway. It reminds me of walking out when I walk out of that same kind of feeling when I walk out of like the cryo booth, cause I'm a big fan of cryotherapy too. As soon as you step out of there, it's just like this endorphin, right? I mean, you just feel the ad- ad- adrenaline. You're wide awake. You feel alert, the mental clarity, I mean, it's it's immediate. You know, it's not one of those things you need to do like for months and months and months before you feel. I, I mean, I always challenge someone like, hey, if you've never done that before, take a freezing cold shower. And yeah, it might be a pain in the ass for the first you know minute or whatever, but pay attention to how you feel when you walk out of that shower. It's a, it's a big difference. I feel like the next phase of athletic training is going to visit some of these types of things. It feels mm-hmm. like this is the next, you know, kind of the next evolution of training, uh, training the mind, uh, you know, with, you know, some of these meditation things, you know, chasing those types of adaptations that we've ignored for a long period of time that people knew thousands of years ago and really worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a part of a lot of cultures. In fact, Uh, I know, you know, breathing in this way. I mean, you, when you learn yoga, if you learn the real yoga, um, they talk a lot about breathing. It's actually one of the main, main components of yoga. You know, you go take yoga at your local gym. It's kind of been Westernized and they remove some of that. So, um, what about uh, anything else? Uh, you, you talked a little bit about nootropics. Uh, I know cannabinoids are neuroprotective. Do you ever use anything like? Oh, yeah. Know? Okay. I'm way, I'm way into uh, the plants. So <laughs> <laughs> um, cannabis has been a big help for as, as long as I've been fighting until now. In fact, well, I mean, I started when I got out of the house and went to college, smoked all day, every day. I had classes two days a week, you know, and, and really did not have a good relationship with cannabis. And mm. so I kind of backed off the throttle for a couple of years. And then when I finished college and got into fighting, um, I noticed a lot of the fighters were using it as a means for recovery, uh, you know, getting rid of pain, you know, from all the ticky tack shit that you have throughout camp. Even if you're not injured, you're still banged up. There's mm. no guy that goes into a fight fresh. And then the biggest one for me when I started incorporating it was, I can quiet my mind now because it doesn't matter if I sign a contract eight weeks out and, and I'm thinking about my opponent now, I can't sleep then. Mm. If it's seven weeks out, six weeks out, it, the clock's ticking every inch that we step forward. I know this, that at some point the cage doors are going to lock and I'm going to get punched and I'm going to try to punch this guy. Right? So in that it's hard to turn off your mind when you lay down at night because mm. you're thinking about your training. Oh, did I get enough? Did I get enough? Uh, sparring in today did I you know how did I do what were the mistakes that I made and in every you just cycle through these things and they're good to think about but you have to be able to turn it off mm-hmm. you know cannabis has been an incredible 
uh, ally and just helping me to use that for that purpose. And then now, you know, I'm not fighting anymore, but I still see the benefits from inflammation, lowered inflammation, better sleep, and I don't drink anymore. So just for a good feeling, it's a great way to feel good and not have any extra calories, not have any hangover or anything like that. I sleep great and I wake up feeling refreshed. I, I, I tell you what, I, this is what I predict with cannabis because you do have a lot of athletes who've used it for a long time. Um, and anecdotally, they like the effects and the benefits. The neuroprotective effects of cannabinoids um, are, is fascinating. And there's lots and lots of science um, showing that the, the, there's lots of neuroprotective benefits. But if you're in a contact sport, if you're getting hit in the head or if you're playing football, there's always that, that risk of, you know, later on that, that you know, this trauma is going mm-hmm. you know, to catch up to you. I mean, we, you know, professional football players, for example, have a very, very – I mean, I think the average lifespan of a pro football player is something like 50-something years old. And a lot of that, they attribute to some of that constant head trauma. Mm-hmm. I foresee this being something used to prevent uh, some of that buildup because of its neuroprotective effects. And they'll do studies on animals where they'll starve them of oxygen. And the ones that have you know, cannabinoids don't get the brain damage like the ones uh, that don't have the cannabinoids. So I can see that being a big, uh, a big factor. I mean, how do you feel about that? How do you, yeah, how, you I, know? I really hope that the, the NFL especially loosens the reins on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, really stupid to see that dude yeah. guys getting thrown yeah, out man. and suspended for <laughs> smoking a joint, dude. It's, like, it's out of control. But uh, one of the things that I love is, is obviously, you know, podcasting, the internet, we're able to share this great information and, it's dispelled so much bullshit that we were taught growing up. You know, I mean, if you're in your thirties, I'm sure you remember the dare program, that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, there's a doctor at university of San Francisco, university of California, San Francisco. He's a Japanese doctor. I think he was featured on the culture high documentary. It's a great film if you haven't checked it out. And, um, he was giving, uh, his cancer patients cannabis, high THC cannabis. That way it would help with their pain mitigation. And he found that they needed less opioids or if they still took opioids for pain, a little go a long way, right? There was a synergistic effect with less toxicity. And of course, knowing that cannabis makes you dumb, THC makes you dumb from all the rhetoric and shit that we were force fed growing up. He started looking at the brain. And as he was doing fMRI and all these different technologies that we have now, he saw that it was neuroprotectant THC specifically. So the thing that makes you your short-term memory go away is actually helping the brain. Right. And another interesting fact that he found was that it was helping clear away amyloid plaque in the brain. So what is that? What are the implications there? Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, and dementia. Mm-hmm. So now they're starting a trial where they're going to look at THC with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia patients. And I'm guaranteeing it's going nice. to have great results. Bro, I own uh, – I, I, years ago I bought – not years ago, quite a while a bit ago though. I did buy a lot of uh, shares in a company that's actually – doing studies on that very thing. They have trials on cannabinoids. GW, yeah. GW Pharmaceutical, they're doing, and they're an actual pharmaceutical company, but they're doing studies on uh, uh, how it works with dementia, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and cancer. That's the big one mm-hmm. that they're finding that it actually uh, promotes cell apoptosis, uh, meaning that the cells that are cancerous, they don't, pro- they're not, they don't die, they don't kill themselves. That's what makes them cancer. Take, having cannabinoids present, uh, kind of reprograms them to do what they're supposed to and kill themselves. And you're finding, you know, animal studies and, you know, and some human studies uh, where cancer goes away. So I think it's, um, I mean, it's, it's good stuff. It's yeah, fascinating. They, they showed too that um, I think there was one study where they used cannabis in conjunction with chemotherapy and they showed tumor cells drop by 300% as compared to chemo alone. 
So that's nice too, because then you don't get big pharma shit in the bed saying, well, this is the way we've done it. And we don't, you know, that so much of why cannabis isn't legal now. Oh, it's all, it's has, all bullshit. It's, Come it, on, man. It has to do with money. money. Here's it what has pe- to do with money. Here's what people is. do not realize. And it's now, it is 100% verified, but the war on drugs was accelerated because of the counterculture at the time. You look, if you look at the sixties and seventies, you got to consider this in the sixties and seventies, you had a very powerful and scary to the government counterculture. This is the hippies. This was the protests. This was the anti-Vietnam movement. You had all these uh, domestic terrorist groups like Weather Underground and all this crazy, you know, all these civil rights, you know, uh, leaders like, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and, you know, all these musicians with all this power. You know, you had John Lennon and all these, by the way, all of them, you know, all of them mysteriously got killed. But you have all this crazy shit going on and it's all counterculture. And the government, of course, don't forget this. Everybody needs to realize this, that one of the jobs of the U.S. government is to assess, you know, uh, threats. And, uh, you know, you got to look at these threats and you got to come up with ways to battle these threats. But how do you fight a counterculture when you have protective freedom, freedom of speech, when you have the right to assemble and protest, when you have all these things you can't infringe upon, you can't just shut these people up. So what do you do? You take their favorite drug (laughs) and you make it schedule one, meaning most illegal, and you throw them in jail for smoking pot. And this is why marijuana went schedule one and became public they enemy. target the hippies that way. 100 yeah. fucking percent. In fact, the government invested heavily in finding a connection between marijuana and lung cancer because that would have that helped their cause, right? Couldn't marijuana, find it, right? They couldn't find it. And not only couldn't they not find it, but in 1974, there was a study uh, that was uh, funded by the Nixon administration looking for a connection between cannabis and lung cancer. And they started finding a protective effect and they immediately cut the funding <laughs> and buried that shit and made the study classified. Yeah, and that was even with, and I think one of the parts of that study was even among people who smoke cigarettes in conjunction with cannabis Protective had effect. far less <laughs> far less cancer rates. And yeah. we know we know why now. We know that cannabinoids have uh, anti-cancer effects. And of course, smoking, it's the worst way you could use it, by the way. I'm not advocating smoking it if you want to use it for its health effects uh, eating it's probably the best and vaporizing would be you know kind of a, a close second and of course today uh we've got all these pharmaceutical companies now uh who do not want uh anything to do with uh, marijuana being legalized and you have alcohol big alcohol also doesn't want it to be uh, well you've got it's all competition. these what are we was it just was it seattle that gave the or the washington they gave the report of uh how much opiate usage is down since every gone. state that legalizes it medicinally shows uh, a dramatic decrease in opiate addiction which by the way uh unspoken about you know they don't, nobody talks about this but the the biggest drug problem in america uh in terms of addiction and growth of addiction is uh prescription drugs it is not illegal illicit drugs not crystal meth not crack not anything like that it's literally yeah a great a great one to, to watch is uh prescription thugs yeah we saw that oh fucking yeah. phenomenal we had mark phenomenal. Bell yeah, yeah yeah they're yeah. great i love mark and chris they're yep. great guys but yeah, that really just details the ridiculousness of it and how out of control it is. You know, it's just a it's a it's a big deal. I lost a friend in college who started with Vicodin, worked his way up to OxyContin, and that wasn't enough. So heroin, and then one bad batch, sayonara. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I've I've, I've had a cousin who died a couple of years ago just from the pills. You know, from the opiates. So these things are no joke, man. There's and how many deaths do we have with cannabis? Yeah, zero, zero. Yep. 
right? And Trust I, me, Adam has tried to overdose I, on it, and you can't. <laughs> it's impossible. Hey, I, I, maybe I'll hook you up. My yeah. buddy Tom, my buddy Tom Lawler, who I was on Ultimate Fighter with, he, uh, you know, they have different dispensaries. He's out in Vegas, so he got me this. He knows I'm a little freak, so he got me a, a fucking THC suppository. No, he didn't. <laughs> I was like, they make right. those. I'm like, I'm well. I'm, Did I'm, you legit use it? I'm well into this, but I looked at the package. It's 225 milligrams. Oh my god! Oh, so I was like, what the fuck? Are you crazy, bro? Yeah. I was Did like, you I see me the future? I couldn't cut this in quarters. I still haven't used it. Are you nuts? If I cut that thing, at, I'm, <laughs> look, I can handle. I can handle a large amount of psychedelics and really have a great experience. But I'm a lightweight when it comes to cannabis. A little goes yeah. a long way. I have no problem being a one hitter quitter. I've got no balls about it. You know, I don't feel like I'm less of a man if my wife smokes more than me at night. <laughs> it's it's not an issue. But yeah, that thing is collecting dust. I think uh, next time I see Joey Diaz, I'll have over two hundred. What in the? He's fuck the only guy I know that can handle <laughs> something like that. Right. That that is that is a silly amount. By the way, for that's the, immediate, especially to come up to go that direction too, because yeah. you got to think right away that <laughs> oh that's going to hit you hit you a lot faster and, and harder, way harder, yes. way harder, because a hundred percent of it's getting in. It's like mainlining it. You know, yeah. you're not going to have uh, any breakdown from stomach <laughs> acid. Like a There's idea. zero loss. I mean, I caught. Sal, I don't know. I don't I know caught, if I. Oh, here we go. I caught Sal shoving one of the little chocolate balls <laughs> up his ass, and yeah. that's only five milligrams. Yeah, we knew that was coming. He was ripped after that, so I can't imagine what he just sits on them all day. Did he put his? But he did he? Put his hand back in the jar for a second one. We looked at it. That's an issue. Don't you want Seinfeld, bro? No (laughs) double dipping. You can't double dip, bro. What are you doing? I replaced it with a different chocolate ball afterwards. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Damn, that's what I was tasting. (laughs) Very interesting. No, I mean, uh, it's fascinating. And I think some of the protective effects might have to do. You know, they call Alzheimer's some sign. I just learned this the other day. They call Alzheimer's uh, type 3 diabetes, some scientists, saying that it's the brain's inability to use glucose properly. And there are some uh, insulin sensitizing effects of cannabis as well. So I'm wondering if that has... Uh, yeah, you know, blood sugar management. Uh, Dr. David Perlmutter wrote a great... He just actually has two great books, but uh, Grain Brain was his first in 2013. We're trying to get him on the We're show. Trying to get Grain he is, he's the man. Yeah. I love. I absolutely love that guy. And uh, Brain Maker, of course, was his follow-up in 2015. Love that book. Talked a lot about how probiotics and affect not only our mood, but cognitive function, behavioral disorders, everything in between. And uh, yeah, he was, that's where I really started putting into context. Alzheimer's is type three diabetes. And I have, I've lost, um, let's see, a great grandparent and a great grandmother to Alzheimer's. So it's on my dad's side of the family for sure. Mm-hmm. And that was another reason that sparked my interest in going low carb and, and things like that. And even though I'm not in ketosis now, um, I don't know if you heard of Terry Walls, the Walls Protocol. We had we had her on. Okay, we cool. just had her on the show like, recently, oh, three episodes ago. Okay. Hers. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. Brink was mentioning that to me. So uh, she has the three tier system, and I love this when I'm talking to people, and they're like, "Man, I can't go 50 grams a day or less of carbohydrate. We'll start at tier three, drop to 150, then go to tier two under 100, then go to tier three under 50, mm-hmm. right? And tier three under 150 is a dramatic drop in carbohydrates for 90% of Americans, right? So you're going to see weight loss. You're going to see benefit. You might not have the same cognitive function and boost that you get from ketones, but you're going to have weight loss. You're going to have lowered inflammation and, and a lot of the benefits are going to mm-hmm. be there. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, if I, the only time where I'll really go way above 200 grams is if I hit just some monster squat day, you know, and I'm like, all right, I earned it. Let me, let me, uh, <laughs> indulge me a little bit here. Yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah. Eat, I'll eat my grain free pizza and, and, uh, that'll be my cheat meal. Well, you're, you're, you're extremely knowledgeable. On I was going to say, things. it's yeah. so great to hear yeah. him name drop all these people that either one that we've had on the show or we plan to have on the show. Yeah. Cause this is the, this is really a lot of what, what we're about is 
we are trying to put these people out uh, in on the front end because mm-hmm. these are the people that we read that w- that we're inspired right that, i yeah. mean literally the the people that you see out there that's giving information right now it's it's all these it's all this biased information for some supplement company or they have it's also a bunch of idiots yeah. i mean here look here's the thing it's not sexy you know terry walls dr diagostino talking about some of this research it's does it's not the freaking ripped dude on the cover of a magazine or the chick with the nice ass but it's cool when you got guys like you, like you're a big muscular dude, you used to fight, you know, you, you look a certain way and you're starting to talk about this kind of stuff. Mm. And that was our goal is to get, you know, make it sexy, number one, because that shit, I mean, it, it works. It's legit. It's not bullshit. And we know that sexy is what's going to spread it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it's it's uh, it's very refreshing to hear a guy like you mm-hmm. um, talk about all these things and know about it. Are you... Are you looking to do anything with? Because you're obviously very passionate about uh, tr- real wellness and health and performance. Are you gonna Are you gonna be doing anything with that in the future? Are you doing anything with that now? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. So my original plan was to be a part of the first ever cannabis gym, and uh, I really wanted that Damn. to go down. Um, we knew we liked. It you. looks like that's still going to go through, but I ended up parting ways, and okay. I'm, it's not on bad terms at all. I'm totally rooting for these guys. The one in San Francisco, right? Yep, the one in San Francisco. Hey, now is that? We, we I was a part that. of that. I was going to be the general manager and uh, with Ricky Williams. Okay, yeah. it was. Oh, oh wow! I yeah. told you guys. I knew it was, Ricky Williams. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's it's a great idea. It's just taking a little longer than expected, and I need to get the ground rolling right now. So. Hmm. Um, another thing that I got too when I was down at this XPT Life event with with and I'll name drop a bunch here: Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese, Brian McKenzie, and uh, Kelly Sturette is a buddy of mine. He got me in there. He was one of the guest speakers. Awesome. And Brian McKenzie told the story of when he first met Kelly in the gym, and he he saw what Kelly was doing, and he was like, "Dude, you need to get the fuck out of here." And he was like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Seriously, get the fuck out of here." And uh, Kelly was like, "What are you What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You can't stay here. You can't be in these walls." teaching what you know you have to spread this to the masses you got to write a book you got to put videos out online and of course then he he did a free video he wanted to do one free video a day for a year Mm. that'd be 365 of course i think he has now over like 2400 videos online and people know who kelly started is they know mobilitywad.com they know becoming a supple leopard Mm -hmm. they've heard of the book because of the funny name but i mean all that shit works and um when i was when i heard that it really resonated with me you know because I feel like you guys, I want to connect the dots for people. I want to put out good information. And, and it is this conversation we're having right now that helps people change because knowledge is power, but they're not going to just take it from a meathead like me. So bringing in an expert who really knows their shit and can really dive into the science of the ketogenic diet. I mean, every time Dom's been on uh, Tim Ferriss' show, I've been glued to it. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to him multiple times. He, he By him, you know, when you say make it sexy, a lot of guys that talk about fasting – you know, they look like yogis. They haven't showered. They exactly. have giant beards, that kind of shit. And here's Damn a guy it. who fasted for seven fucking days on water only. And then rips then, what? Then he deadlifted. Five, yeah, 600 or something like five, that? 500 pounds. He did like five, 500 pounds for, for 10 reps. Then he did 585 for a single. And then he still fasted in a fasted state when spoke in front of 300 people on the benefits of ketones and fasting. Boom. I was like, shit, man. Yeah. This guy had the cognitive wherewithal after doing all that on his seventh day to hammer out a great speech in front of people and really drive home the message. So legit, bro. Yeah. So legit. You, yeah. I mean, you talk about what, you, what you're saying right now is uh, so much of what uh, brought all of us together. Yeah. Was it's we, like our mission statement. It is. It much. totally is. is yeah. we, we knew that like, 
you know, we are the perfect guys to come out and talk about this because it's it, you're so used to it's so polar opposite. It's like it's melding the sports performance with wellness, right? They're, you, they're so opposite right now. It's like you either look like this bodybuilder meathead guy who takes all the juice and everything and is like, I'll take whatever to look this way, crazy spouting off a bunch of bullshit, or you're the total tree hugging hippie looking guy mm. who's spouting off all the great science, but don't look like you lift any weights. You yeah. know, there really isn't a lot of people in the middle that are like giving this message. And we're like, dude, this is this is us, man. This is what we need to do. We need to come out and we need to tell people like it's not like this. It's not supposed to be this way. This is the way that we're supposed to be going. You guys want to really learn about your body and improve like this is the direction and trying to meld that together. So, yeah. How love. do we integrate all these concepts, you know, right. and how mm-hmm. does this stuff apply and how do we implement it into our lives? Those are all things because, you know, you could learn something and be like, all right, that's great. But when am I going to fit this into my schedule? Mm-hmm. All this shit can be fit into your schedule. You know, that's another thing I learned, learned from Pavel was the greasing the groove idea, right? You don't need an hour in the gym if you don't have the hour. Just fucking do 10 perfect pushups every hour. By the end of the day, you've got 100 perfect pushups in, right? So you're greasing the groove on that motor pathway. You can grease Frequency. the groove. Yeah, yeah, you can grease the groove with breath work. So if, so what if I don't have 30 minutes to meditate? I On a 10-minute drive, I can do my breath work and pop in. Um, well, there, there's the segue right there. So brain FM is the company I'm working with. We're going to start the brain FM podcast. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Mm-mm. It's basically music for the brain, but they oh, had wow. a guy, they had a guy who, um, is this the whole by, this what is, is that binary far, beats far, and shit? far above binaural beats. And I liked binaural beats before I'll admit it, but this is on a different level. So oh, they've rad. created artificial intelligence to artificial intelligence to generate different tracks. Hmm. And it's just like weight training. You know, if I do the same preacher curl with the same weight every day, my biceps will respond maybe a few times. And then after that, it's, it's going to be the same deal. It's not going to be much Is response, it promoting right? like better alpha waves? So it depends. You can select this. And this is another way that it really makes it state of the art is that you can choose for focus while you're reading. Or if you got a long road trip, you can choose quick relax to just relax, quiet your mind. You can go into meditation. They have guided and unguided meditation. I nap every day with my son. You know, that's, that's kind of how I, how I hack getting around, uh, you know, less sleep during the, during the evenings. And, um, you know, it'll knock me out 15, 30, 45 really? minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'm hmm. knocked out and I feel fucking great. That's the other thing too, is that like, try it out. You get 10 free sessions. It feeling is believing just like Wim Hof said. And when you feel different, it'll say you'll feel results within 10 to 15 minutes. You do feel different. Have you guys seen on, you just reminded me, have you guys seen the videos of people on YouTube who will listen to frequencies or different frequencies? Well, that's, what ben, that's what Ben Greenfield well, does. Well, no, no. They, like, they'll yeah. get like, like you'll, you'll see them like, it's almost like they're taking a drug. I think they call it like eye dosing or something like that, where you're listening to like one sound in one ear and one, and then you'll see them like, they'll talk about hallucinating or, and they'll name the different sounds. Like this mm. one feels like marijuana and this one feels like, uh, you know, ecstasy. Weird. And you have all these, all this anecdote of people saying, uh, no legit. Like when you're mess, when you're doing that with your brain, uh, it starts to change the way your brain works and, and feel. Mm. And it sounds like you're, you know, obviously not going that direction, but it sounds yeah. kind of well, like no, it works we, the same. They're pushing the envelope. You know, Adam, Adam was the, uh, the scientist behind it. He was a neuroscientist and, and in that field, he understood music has an impact on our bodies and our brains. And it's not just an emotional thing, but now we know our emotions are generated in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so, um, everyone was telling him, you know, music has no impact on the brain. It's, you know, placebo. You just feel, Ridiculous. you think you're feeling something. Yeah. It has no impact. He's like complete bullshit. So the more he started studying that and the more he realized it does impact our brain. And then how can we tinker with this to create these different states, you know, an alpha state or a beta state for, mm. for increased cognition and focus. All these things are, 
it's not science fiction. It's right now. And the, the best part, the thing that I like about it the most is that it's never a finished product. These guys are constantly pushing the envelope as technology gets better and the AI gets better. They, they have brand new musical tracks. They're working on cinema now. So when you go and sit and watch a movie, you won't even need headphones. You'll sit in a stereo you'll cinema and they'll play a fucking track during a battle scene and you'll feel ignited. Oh, you know? wow. oh they're gonna, they're, awesome. gonna, they're playing with shit and pushing the envelope. They want to push. Imagine the, 300 on that. The ah. focus, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the push kick. But uh, they want to push the envelope with the focus portion to the point where college kids don't need Adderall. I mean, that's where it's headed. Right. Wow. And and obviously the healing benefits for. Uh, people with post-traumatic stress, things like that. You know, uh, if you're familiar with Stephen Kotler and the flow states, he wrote mm-hmm. the, the Rise of Superman. Getting into the flow state is, is one of the most healing things we can do. And now we can hack that. We can get ourselves into a flow state and you can do it while you're doing other shit. That's how, it, that's how it's implemented is that you don't have to set aside time for this new activity. Hmm. You know, you can throw in your headphones while you're driving, throw in your headphones 15 minutes before a presentation and get gassed up or calm down if you're already too up. All these things, and, I, and it's another thing that I wish I had when I was fighting. Still. Wait, That's crazy. So, so this is going to be a podcast? How does this work? Yeah, so their company already exists. I've been using them for over a year, and uh, you know, I've given them shout-outs on multiple podcasts. So the CEO hit me up, and he was like, hey, you know, let's, let's meet in the city. I got a business proposition. And so he wanted to start a podcast and wants me to be the host. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it handled me because I, I really was just searching for a team. You know, Joe Rogan's got Jamie. You know, Joey Diaz as Lisa Ayat, you know, and these guys handle all, all the technical aspects and things like that. And really joining up with a company that I really appreciate and give a shit about, you know, but also these guys know a ton of the guys on my bucket list of people to interview. You know, he's, oh, he's cool. the, the CEO is friends with Dennis McKenna. That I've been a fan of. I mean, I'm I'm a fucking fanboy. I'm gonna have fucking to do McKenna? some. I'm gonna have to That's do awesome. some Wim Hof breathing just to calm the fuck down before I meet this guy. <laughs> Bro, if you drop some fucking acid or shrooms with him, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I would. I I don't know if we'll, if he'll be down for that, but I definitely would love. I would love. <laughs> well, he to talked go, to me though. Yeah, I would love to go to the Amazon and do ayahuasca with him. You know, he's he he had a podcast with. Uh, Jesse Lawler on Smart Drugs. That's Smart the one. I'm, that's what I and listened I to. I fucking loved that yeah. because wasn't it. There's so much more. It's yeah, it was pretty recent. There's so much more. Uh, there, there's a lot of people who do this shit and then they come back and they they try to treat themselves like a spiritual guru, you know. And mm. that's that pu- that's a pushback no. for people who haven't had the experience. This is a push pushback for people who have had the experience. But Dennis is so humble, you know. He talks he's not about, pretentious at yeah, all, not in the fucking least bit. No. And he says, "I'm ayahuasca's cheerleader. You know, I want to help people know what this stuff can do and promote it to the world, so people understand how powerful and wonderful this plant medicine is." And that's exactly what it is. I always laughed at the idea that something could be a teacher plant, but I've done ayahuasca 14 times, and I learn all kinds of shit every ceremony I do. There's something oh. new to develop. Dude, I have. He's been trying to get us I have involved. fucking. Yes. Since we started the podcast, that's been one of our roommates. We're scared. Go do it together. These we'll fucking pussies will yeah. not even consider it. <laughs> Uh, they're so scared about you know. That's okay. I, you guys are like my wife. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, <laughs> my, my wife had that way the first the first ceremony. She's like she read. She's like, oh you you uh, you you purge. Have you heard of this lot? Yeah, you throw up or you shit. You yourself. throw up and you shit. Now in my experiences, no one has ever shit their pants. You can always make it to the bathroom. Okay. So you can always make it to the bathroom to shit. You do puke violently like you've i mean the first my first ceremony they you know, talk about the noble silence. You're not supposed to look around and invade people's space. Just stay in your own thing and meditate. And it sounded like I was in a fucking war zone. Like people were like, and I was like, are animals dying? Like what's going on? And then when I realized it was that many people were all purging, 
it just started messing with my mind. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to purge. I'm healthy. I take care of myself. People were eating fucking potato chips the day before. They're not following the dieta and all this stuff. And then it just built and snowballed until I vomited that. I vomited that anger and, and resentment towards people who don't take care of themselves. And that's something I'd had my whole life. You know, if I saw hmm. some wildebeest wheel themselves into a Carl's Jr., it wouldn't, it wouldn't just bother me. It would make me angry. Of course. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but then in that moment, it was like a weight had been lifted off my chest. It wasn't just a physical purge. It was an emotional purge. And mm-hmm. I realized that guy or girl doesn't fucking know. No. They don't know. You it found empathy know. for them. Yeah, big Using time. It was just, it was yeah. in, instantaneous perspective change and compassion at its deepest level. Hmm. Wow. Uh, all right, you got me sold, dude. We oh, got to do one man. all together. Maybe we'll do like a cool like lead up video to it, then we'll all go do it together or something. Yeah, that that's uh, I'm 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 kind of down. Are for you that ready, one. fucker? Yeah, I'm kind of down. Uh, for all that, right, man. bitch, don't yeah. fight. Don't. I'm, I'm don't not back scared up. of the puking. I'm just you know I'm gonna go to you don't space. Wanna, Where are we going? You don't want to see shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you got some darkness in your chest. Some demons. You got some dark- <laughs> I don't demons. want them to come out. You know, it's uh, again a part of the counterculture. All these psychedelics were made. Schedule one LSD mushrooms, uh, ayahuasca, very illegal. Um, unless I guess. There's a loophole if it's used for for spiritual, uh, you know, uh, religious reasons reasons or whatever. Um, but again, I mean, there's a lot of fear behind those things because I think of what people come out with it. Uh, you find you when you talk to people who use them properly. By the way, I want to be clear because I'm sure we have some impressionable listeners. Uh, all these things are tools. Now I have no experience using most of what you're you're talking about, but like anything, a tool can be used properly and improperly. Um, just like cannabis, you know, you can become a, a, a you know a pothead on the couch and just be a loser with it, um, or you can use it for you know uh, for for good reasons. Well, that's and any, that's true with that's anything. anything in life. You can do that with food. Yes. You can do that with anything. Sh- anything. With, with anything. Anything can be abused. Yeah, but I think uh, the people, who, everybody I've ever met or talked to who's done these things, who used it properly, um, it's they say the same thing. Like they come out with it with empathy. They want you know more peace. They're more you know uh, they want you know unity with people, and it's like all these wonderful fluffy sounding things, but they really believe it. It's almost like this life changing thing. Hmm. And holy fuck, would the establishment hate that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, you know are what you, I'm saying. Yeah. Are you a yeah. Arby Arby Marcus fan at all? Yeah, huge fan of Arby. Right. Huge yeah. fan of Arby. I'm, we're I, super stoked to go out there and hang out with I him. I absolutely love listening to his experiences in the Amazon. Yeah. Like I, every time he comes back and has you know stories of his visions, especially the last one where he. Uh, you know, he had the demon steal his soul and, and, and oh, all shit. that. Oh, it was like God. fucking amazing, you know? <laughs> um, generally, I haven't, you know, I've left my body in, in uh, DMT experiences and, and other experiences, but not not often do I do that with ayahuasca. Most of the time when I'm in an ayahuasca ceremony, I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not by choice. It's just what I'm given. You know, you have an intention when you go there, things you want to work on. And sometimes you get that, but they say, you know, you, you might not get what you want, but you'll always get what you need. Mm. And there's so much to that where, you know, just the things you talked about, the compassion, the perspective change, the feeling of connectedness to everybody. Every time I do ayahuasca, I see my wife with new eyes. I fall in love with her all over. Wow. You know, and there's nothing, nothing that brings us closer together than, than even if it's just one of us that goes and does it because it's like everything's brand new. You know, I, I joked about... uh on the Align podcast, I joked about now I'm not a religious person, but I'm definitely spiritual and I believe there's something after we die. I think that's one of the first lessons you get in ayahuasca. Uh, and sometimes that can be quite violent. Like, you know, Aubrey talked about a snake just eating him apart and bugs ripping apart his flesh <laughs> till he had no more body. So that, yeah, that would be a little you guys scary. Do this shit? Yeah, guess what? <laughs> what the guess, fuck is wrong but, with but, you? But, but, but hold on. Once his body was gone, where was he? 
You become Exa- eternal. No, he fucking knew. He was like, well, I'm still here. Uh-huh. I'm not my body, right? And that's the whole fucking thing. This is our meat wagon for this little <laughs> for this little piece, this blip, this blip of time that we're here on earth. You know, and it, and it just makes so much sense. Like, oh, I'm still alive and I'm not my body. And it doesn't mean that, that I mean, and in that, you know, obviously this has been talked about by, for eons, you know what I'm saying? But the thing this that is I old like knowledge, this, by yeah, the way, it is very old knowledge. But what I love about this experience is just what Dennis McKenna said. It's not someone else telling you this. It's you experiencing it for yourself. Right. Mm. Don't take my fucking word for right. it. No one's it, preaching to you. It, right? No one's trying yeah, to man. direct you or you manipulate. To, you know, there's no book from 2,500 years ago that some guy's trying to fucking interpret that's been, been you know, rewritten and, you know, language changes and all that. And and don't get me wrong. There's great pieces to draw from religion, but there are also many fallbacks and many things that don't quite translate to today. So that firsthand experience of something for yourself and the ability to ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. when you break through after your second or third cup of ayahuasca and you ask questions, it's like you're on the telephone line with, with mother ayahuasca or, or, or the earth or whoever it is, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. And some people argue, it's just you. This is just your mind playing a trick on you. And you already knew these answers. You just unlocked them. Here, here's, so fucking what? Because exactly. you still get the answers. Here's where I go with that. Where I go with that, you know, let's say I do this and I'm still believing like, oh, this is just my mind. Holy fuck, though, my perception is shattered. It has completely changed. It helps you realize that what you're living every day is the same fucking kind of illusion. Every time you're walking down the street, everything you see, do you think all the stuff that you're looking at right now is outside your body? This, everything you see and touch is in your brain. It's inside you. It's all your perception. So when you change that channel, when you shift and change that channel, it just helps you realize it. And there's a difference between, like you said, someone telling you and you knowing. Try to explain what it's like to be in love to somebody who's never been in love. Good luck. They'll never understand until they know themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I could I just imagine that this this is no different. That you step into something like this and you come out of it and you go, Well, fuck, I know now. Mm, I yeah. totally know. Yeah. That must have been I mean, your first time doing it, you must have been like, What the fuck? I mean, I was so so blown away. And and like I said, my wife had a reservation, so she said, You do it first and then <laughs> report back to me. And and of course she was there my second time. Um yeah, I mean, there really is nothing like it. And like, I've, I have smoked DMT, I've smoked 5-MeO DMT, and, and had tremendous experiences with that. But ayahuasca is her own thing. And there is this feeling that there is this spirit. They call her Mother Ayahuasca. There's a feeling that you are talking to some some fucking knowledge that's not you, and it's not something else. I mean, it, it is its own so thing. Weird. And, and among all other psychedelics, and yeah. I've had amazing breakthrough experiences, LSD in a float tank, like John Lilly oh, talked shit. about. Oh, shit. You dropped LSD acid in a float tank? Yeah, that, that's an incredible experience. And even on a microdose, you know, you can cut, cut a, a tab into a quarter and just take that, and you will launch. There's no wait time. You know, when you get in the float and 15, 20 minutes go by, and then you finally let go, it's fucking zero to 60 in an instant. Right when you get in there, the door shuts, and then boom, You're in another off. galaxy. Yeah, so, and all these experiences are, are tremendous and teach me things in their own way. But ayahuasca has this, this certain feel to it, this certain presence, and a certain knowledge that that's what keeps me coming back. What's, al- what's always fascinating to me is, uh, you know, you talk about DMT. DMT is the active uh, constituent in ayahuasca, but it's taken out of the plant and, and made more potent and pure. And so the effects from what I've heard are stronger, faster, but different. And it's, it, it seems um, 
that theme is true with so many different things. You know what I mean? Like we find a plant that helps with pain and you eat this plant um, and you get some pain relief. Mm-hmm. And then scientists go in and they identify what is that one component in the plant that's doing that. They take it out. They concentrate the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. And you start to get side effects. You start to get potential negatives. It becomes less healthy. It's almost as if nature uh, packages things in ways where you get benef- the synergistic benefits uh, mm-hmm. from the actual natural package itself. You know, we interviewed Dr. Terry Walls and she talked about how she identified all these different nutrients that are needed for uh, brain health and she had MS and how she was trying to slow down its progression. And she did slow it down by taking all these specific supplements and nutrients in particular doses. But it wasn't until she found the foods that contain those things and ate those that she reversed reversed her MS. Um, And in our industry, in the fitness industry, uh, this is a, a a constant battle for us because we have people who all they focus on Rick are mac- macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbs, and calories. Everything else doesn't matter. We have some huge names in the fitness industry, very respected people that we respect who will fucking double down and, and, and go to bat for, you know, if it fits your macros. Look, it doesn't matter if it's a Pop-Tart or if it's something else. If it fits your macros, throwing it in every once in a while, even if it's for over 30 years, you're not going to have any any detrimental effects. And it's like, how the fuck can you possibly say that? There's so much we don't well, know. Well, we know that's because they're biased and they're tied to their company. You know, Almost every single one of those guys has a supplement company. Either There's one. a money factor. Always. Yeah, that's a, it's, I mean, it's we've talked about this before. It's like... And that's, well, this is just it, it's what's the well, western it's the, the western way, man. It is, and this, yeah. that's where I, is. I have a little bit of empathy for because it's it's how we've done business for the last 20, 30 years, you know. And like, mm. I really feel like you know the discussion we're having right now is, I mean, it's it's new to a lot of people. I mean, there's yeah. probably people, there's probably thousands of people listening right now that have just a lot of this is new information to them. So, you know, there's not a lot of a lot of people that are out there talking about it. And if you were somebody like us 10 years ago trying to come in and, and make money in this industry saying these things, they would just say, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're crazy. Nobody would want to sponsor you. No supplement companies are going to back you and no one's going to listen to your message. So you have guys like that, that, you know, and I know who you're talking about right now that, have, you know, went to college and they got their, their PhD and they've been, ch- you know, chipping away in the industry for almost 20 years. They've finally made a name for themselves. They finally got these big companies that are behind them that are sponsoring them and paying their way. And, you know, fuck, now all this new science is coming out and telling you that a lot of the shit that you talk about and promote may not be as good as you Dude, think it, it is. It you know, is. Like, I think I know who you guys are talking about. He's going to dance around it. It, it, is, it is the Western way. It is the Western uh, medicine way. Look, let's look at something basic. Look at sugar. We know sugar is bad for you. We know all the negative effects of sugar. But try to get negative effects from sugar in nature. Yeah. Walk around in nature. First of all, you're not going to find in naturally unless you go and plant it. And, you know, before the agricultural uh, revolution, you're not going to find a tree with beautiful, ripe shit tons of <laughs> apples on it. It's just not going to happen. You might yeah. find one. It's got shit tons of seeds in it. They're and tiny. They're, and you'll eat it. And then and you're fine. And then in that case, sugar is OK. It's not yeah, going to hurt there's you. There's so much fiber tied into that. Right. right. Your body has to work hard to break it down. Dude, do, how, Adam, what is that statistic? Like how much sugar? It's cane eight, would you have to it's eat eight, eight feet of sugar feet. cane equals one soda so wow. so go try and eat a fucking foot a of sugar bamboo cane. stick yeah, yeah it ain't it ain't gonna happen and yeah. this is true you with would burn some, you'd burn the calories off before you finish the and, damn and thing. you know we look we just talked about cannabis can you overdose on thc if it's concentrated and purified you could you'd have to take a shit ton of it can you overdose on natural cannabis the plant 
the only way you could kill yourself with it is literally if you bury yourself in a pile of it and suffocate. There's no <laughs> way you could possibly do it naturally. Now, there's definitely... People get creative. There's definitely things in nature that'll kill you, but my point is when you find beneficial effects, they tend you tend to get a, a, a wider variety. Maybe not as an acute of an effect. Maybe not going to get this shotgun effect that you might get when you concentrate and purify something. Well, because it's mega-dosed, you know? Yeah, but when you get it in its natural form, uh, I, mean, I mean, like, again, you're talking about ayahuasca, What's giving you the effect is DMT, but do DMT versus ayahuasca. Mm. I've, I've never talked to anybody who says that they feel the same. Every yeah. single person well, says there's, there's so many, like just like with cannabis, we know there's many alkaloids they've, and they're discovering not only CBD, which is very popular with the children with epilepsy rather, and uh, of course CBG now, THCA, and then the terpenes. We know that certain terpenes help That's a potentiate. Big one. Yeah. They potentiate uh, the THC so they can get you higher. There's the same one that's in mangoes is in a lot of cannabis. So if you eat mangoes 45 minutes before you smoke a bowl, the odds are it's going to impact that high in a, in a positive way wow. and not in an over the top way, just in a, Adam's in a, trying that tonight. Right, a little bit greater. So, and that doesn't go for all of them, but we also know some of the terpenes that are found in citrus fruit, like D-limonene. And if you've ever seen somebody get their house done in organic termite removal, they'll use orange oil. Mm-hmm. Well, that is in a lot of cannabis. So when you smell cannabis, if it has a fruity smell to it, Odds are that there's some D-limonene in that, which is a great antifungal, antiparasitic, antibacterial. So these have all kinds of health benefits that we're just scratching the surface on. And, you know, Western medicine really missed the ball with that when they were trying to create a THC pill and they came out with Marinol and it was just synthetic THC. It didn't have anything else from the plants involved. And so when cancer patients started taking that, they're like, this shit sucks. I'd rather smoke. <laughs> I'm just high, I'd, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather smoke and take my chances on lung cancer than pop this pill and not feel the benefits that I feel from the plant. Or, or just the paranoia. Like uh, when, you, when you give people pure THC, the paranoia uh, effects are much stronger versus when someone has the- Well, the CBD the whole, to balance it out. Yeah, yeah. CBD is anti-anxiety yeah. effects. So, so on your podcast, you're going to be interviewing people and, and, ta- and talking about these kinds of things, just, just the any, whole spectrum any, of yeah, wellness? Anything two point, human 2.0, anything that helps optimize living because that, that's really what we're talking about right now. Fucking you know? awesome. And it's, yeah. not oh, just, it's, rad, it's not just weight training. Obviously, we'll get Mark Bell and Jesse Burdick on and guys like that who are masters of their profession but we're going to have tech guys on at the end of the month. We've got one of the leading scientists of nanotechnology and it, that is science fiction shit in our lifetime. They're going to be able to give you an intravenous injection and these little micro bots will destroy cancer cells and they'll clear amyloid plaque from the, they will do all kinds of shit for us. They'll fucking, it'll be like our immune system on steroids. They'll be able to do a number of things for our body health wise that we, we've really couldn't even dream of before. So I think pushing, we're going to have technology guys. We're going to have psychedelics guys. We got Rick Doblin at the end of the month, the head of MAPS, Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. I think his work of no, some- Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> you guys got him on too? No, no, no. We no have, we, okay. Our program is called yeah. MAPS, oh, but okay. it's Muscular Sick. Adaptation Programming System. What's funny <laughs> is when I first created MAPS years ago, one of my good friends, uh, she's an astrophysicist, she sent me- the uh, information on the multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies. There you go. And she's like, did you meet, is this why you named yours? And I'm like, no, but that's fucking cool. Yeah. These guys push the research globally. I mean, they've got MDMA now is in its third, third phase human trials. And they're doing this in Marin for um, psychotherapy. So they're, they're doing couples therapy and they're treating people with post-traumatic stress. And uh, they're also pushing research for cannabis globally. And if it's not allowed to be done here, then they're doing it in other countries. And they work hand in hand with with the Hefter Institute and the Beckley Foundation. And these are these are institutes that are working in the same direction, but in different countries. Oh, we're gonna have to share guests, dude. So you're, sure. you're we're, gonna, we're gonna have to cross promote <laughs> each other for sure because. 
all the names you're dropping. This is what this is exactly what we love to do. So you're basically going to be a maven. You're gonna you're gonna be the guy that brings all these people together and let's talk about. Yeah, some you know what, and that's the thing. You know, like like even Tim Ferriss mentioned when he had on uh, Patrick Arnold, who I fucking couldn't wait to listen to. He was like, "Look, we get this is really needle nose point stuff here that if you're not into, you don't have to listen to." So. But if you're into this, you're going to love this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously, for people who don't know, he was, he was the guy who made and designed the clear for uh, Victor Conti and, and mm-hmm. the largest doping scandal of all time. He's also the creator of Keto Canna, the best, in my opinion, the best uh, ketone sports supplement. I've used it. Yeah, it's, it works great. It raises Jack's ketones up, and it tastes good now. You mm-hmm. know, It doesn't taste like the rocket fuel liquid they first but, came out uh, with. That was brutal. But um, you know, p- point is, I'm getting off track here, point is, to have different people, that gives them the option of listening, right? Excellent. And I feel as you tie these pieces together and sew the quilt, you're going to get things on breath work. You're going to get things on meditation. You're going to get things on strength and conditioning, mobility, flexibility, quality of life improvement, psychedelics, and how they help just fucking dissolve all the bullshit we think about. You know, and really, that's my take home. I, I've been a lot of guys who are like, oh, yeah, you know, I've done acid and I've done mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. And you watch them you know, in their, in their behavior and the way that they carry themselves and what they do and what they talk about. And it seems like nothing stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. But for every guy like that, there's somebody like Dennis McKenna who is, you know, you listen to him and you fucking hang on every word this guy has to say. And you know, that no point is he saying my work here is done. And that's what I love about it. My sister's never done ayahuasca. And she, she jokingly said to me, you know, how many times are you going to do this? I was like, I only do it like three or four times a year. She's like, but when will you stop? And I was like, well, I'll stop when I stop getting something from it. (laughs) Every time I go, I get something from it and I gain so much. And there's no, you know, among other drugs, we'll call them. There's all what goes up must come down. You have this brutal come down. You feel like shit. There's repercussions that can last for weeks. But among the plants, that just simply doesn't exist. That's true. Right? It's like it's like going in the pool and or into the ocean, swimming around and coming back out. And you come back easily. And when you're back, there's this gratitude, this overwhelming sense of love and appreciation and connectedness to all things. And that's a lasting thing. That Excellent. doesn't go away when the ceremony ends. Excellent. I can't wait to see Justin do that. <laughs> what, what, uh, when is your podcast going live? Do you guys have We're going to go live in December or January. We want to get a few in the tank right now. So Excellent, uh, The goal is to have five by the end of the month and ten before we launch. We got to cross-promote. Well, yeah, well, how, yeah, far, how far away are you from us? Where, where are you at? Where are you going to be? Doing? I'm in Sunnyvale. So what, what oh. we were doing, recording down the street in San Jose, I think there's a location near uh, San Jose International. It's probably where we're going to be doing the recordings oh wow yeah, fucking that's rad, awesome, dude. man you're I, right in line with us for yeah sure. I, I did not expect this interview to be as fucking awesome as it was man I, I was pretty excited i know i know i know brink pretty well and he's uh you know he, he spoke very highly of you and said just trust me you're gonna love this guy you're gonna love him he's just like you guys he's just like you guys you know <laughs> so and not, not a lot of people say that you know because we are a little bit different you know there's yeah, not there isn't sure. a lot there isn't a lot of us there's not a lot of uh athletic fitness mm-hmm. fit big looking we dudes that, that are head category yeah, that sure. are that are also talking health and wellness it's just mm-hmm. uh um you know it's, you don't see a lot of that so it's really exciting mm-hmm. and man I, I mean uh 100 we're gonna be huge supporters of what you're doing bro i just can't wait to see uh you take off and uh be a part of it and watch the journey and for sure gonna have to have you on yeah, the we, show we, multiple we, times we really appreciate oh, yeah. more mm-hmm. people uh, spreading that message yep. so yep Excellent, man. It's been a great time talking to you. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.